Spags, it is time to draft. You know, we thought we would get a bit of reprieve here, but no. Big draft complex is staring down us right now. Our big pals, our big pals, our reasonably sized pals over at Underdog Fantasy already putting out a big board. So, you know, as the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun, we are going to be there doing best ball drafts starting today for next season. We're also going to dig a little bit into the pre-Super Bowl news out there. Just a few items. Coaching carousel. They have There has been a Vikings hire that some people will be very excited about, hopefully. And uh, let's just hit the intro, Pete, and get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, you already did a best ball draft, so you've your cherry's been popped by one handsome Pat Corain, but how are you feeling about today's draft? Uh, well, well, when you put it that way, I'm not feeling so great anymore. Uh, no, it was fun to do it last night. Uh, you feel completely rusty. I was, I was joking about how, you know, last August I would be staring at all these running backs in rounds 10 through 14, 15, and I could find ways to get excited about a bunch of these guys paths to success. Last night, you're sitting here looking at the, you know, late round running backs and just, they still have like the stench of the 2020 season on them. We're just not excited about them. So yes, I, I was flying blind. Definitely some surprise ADPs still feels weird to see guys like Debo Samuel in the second round. A lot of these guys that had monster seasons who have moved up in big ways. And then that doesn't even, you know, account for trying to navigate this rookie class. Um, we were talking last night about Traylon Burks, who basically looks like an AJ Brown clone. Um, but now his ADP already is getting incredibly frothy. So yeah, having, having fun uh, diving into it and excited to do a, a draft with you today as well. Yeah, we'll be doing these pretty much weekly moving forward as long as there are ones on Underdog. So uh, make sure you go use the promo code SPLASH over on Underdog to get a $100 deposit match for your first deposit. And uh, we're excited to be partnering with them in this draft season, or I guess really all season is draft season now, which is kind of fun for us. And also make sure, uh, make sure you go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Of course, the DVOA data is going to be a big thing. Our 99 cents a week promo actually does go away on the 13th. So make sure you get in there now. The price will be up and it's just a good deal. Get 52 weeks there for 99 cents a week. So go check that out. Our NFL draft coverage also beginning uh, with Mike Tanier down to the senior bowl. Our poor marketing coordinator, Matt, or marketing manager. I shouldn't, I shouldn't short sell him on his title. Getting video there in the rain. It has been a nightmare to navigate, but they're doing the best they can. Lots of fun video on the Football Outsiders handle too, but check it out because we are doing the best we can to bring the real life analysis that Football Outsiders does to fantasy. And I think it'll be exciting and give us some lanes to talk about. Uh, and tomorrow, quick promo for tomorrow's show. We're getting Cody Main from ETR on, who is a showdown expert, a guy doing really sharp things there he was jonesing for the pro bowl pete so you saw that on twitter and you immediately were like we got to get cody on the show because he's the only guy who cares about the pro bowl on twitter right now i know i was even asking justin uh if run the sims we're going to be spitting up any sims for uh the super bowl he said he said no so cody is our is our final hope here so uh i do know he has a, a showdown breakdown article already up on etr and uh excited to kind of pick his brain i i guess i made a mistake too because I wasn't really thinking through this for some reason. I just assumed run the Sims was going to have Sims and I could just like spit out a bunch of lineups. So I registered for like the 150 mini max and all the 20 maxes. And now I'm like, 
shit, I'm actually going to have to do, uh, figure this out. Uh, so yes, we're, I'm going to need Cody's help tomorrow for sure. Ambitious move by you, but that's what we're all about here. <laughs> Maybe I'll join you in that one in solidarity, even though NBA DFS yesterday took my soul. I had to do more updates for that slate than I've ever had to do. And somehow ended up profitable despite playing more Isaiah Jackson in the field. That's neither here nor there, but what, what it was a fucking night and a half, but either way, we appreciate you guys being here and uh, let's get into the news real fast. Super Bowl news. We're going to burn through this quickly because the uh, underdog drafts for 2020 big board are going to be pretty lengthy uh but super bowl news overall pete anything interesting you're seeing because one thing that struck a chord with me cooper cup tweeting about robert woods also calling him bobby trees the fantasy name so that's fun they actually use that nickname fantastic nickname uh but i feel like the robert woods narrative media hasn't run with it yet but the winning one for bobby kind of feels like it has some legs yeah, I, I saw Levitan tweet this the other day. I Cooper Cup calls Robert Woods Bobby Trees, and I I always just thought that was like a DFS fantasy nickname. Uh, so I absolutely loved uh, getting confirmation of that. I actually haven't seen a ton of uh, this storyline, uh, but you know these teams need to do whatever they can, you know, to get to get up for the Super Bowl. And I guess you know a heartwarming, tear jerking, uh, emotional win for Bobby Trees. If that's what does it for you, by all means, Rams, knock yourself out. And then Tom Brady's retirement officially official. And I feel like we probably don't have much to add on to this story, Pete. Uh, the greatest quarterback we'll probably see in our lifetime. Certainly one that uh, relative to our ages, I know has grown. You know, we've grown up alongside Tom Brady. I've talked on this show before about uh, winning my first Super Bowl pool in high school uh, and getting the playoffs entirely right that one year, except that last game where the Rams did not beat the Patriots. Tom Brady uh, took that win. And that's one where he has been a part of really my entire adult life. And um, I certainly am not a Patriots fan, but I, I feel like he can do nothing but just respect this guy and feel good about the fact that he has um, achieved more than really humanity could possibly achieve at a, as a quarterback. But Pete, you always ask me about Philly things. You got the boots on the ground in New England. You didn't thank them hard enough. I'm hearing. Uh, no, yeah, we didn't. Uh, Lauren sent me a text message. She was very upset uh, that Tom didn't thank them more uh, in his, you know, Instagram post. Uh, I I was I was kind of surprised because. I could see Tom Brady going either way with this. Like the fact that he kind of did this a little quietly, you know, um, he didn't make a big deal out of it. He didn't do the the victory lap. You know, he could have done the Kobe Bryant every game this season, every, you know, stadium kind of being like, oh, it's Tom Brady's last time here. He could have made a meal out of it. So I was kind of impressed that he was willing to kind of go more or less quietly into the night and to go out, you know, relatively on top. Um, I, I think it's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, they, they could have been in it more this year. I, I think they probably would have made the Super Bowl if AB didn't lose his marbles and Chris Godwin stayed healthy. Like I, I don't think the NFC was super intimidating on that front, but yeah, uh, it's crazy. I saw someone talking about just how much or how little Tom Brady had accomplished by age 30 and so much of his, you know, production and accolades all came after that, which is so different from kind of the NFL now where we expect these quarterbacks to be producing and, and be winning so early in their career. So he's definitely an anomaly and uh, yeah, it'll be a bummer not to have him around. He, he was always fun to watch. He and LeBron committing to their bodies as well, treating them like the pieces of machinery they are to get the most out of their mileage. And uh, Tom Brady grossing more than any other NFL player ever has, I think. Um, but really, again, nothing more you could say here other than, I guess, you know, just if you're a New England fan, just really hating him after all he hasn't done for your team over the years. Coaching Carousel, real fast. The Vikings, after a nine-hour meeting uh, with Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, no offer ended up may being made. Jim Harbaugh then goes back to Michigan to extort them for uh, probably a contract extension. Now, he instead 
instead will hire the Rams offensive coordinator slash former NFL QB as a backup, Kevin O'Connell. I think the Sean McVay coaching tree, I know you don't care about coaching, Pete, so we're going to burn this real fast. It's really one of the more impressive coaching trees. Guys like LaFleur out there, Zach Taylor, they've all been part of McVay. I feel like if you're a Vikings fan, and I, hopefully our pal Arif Hassan is, is happy with this one because I've not actually uh, dug into his feed to see how he's feeling. But I think this is a great one for that Vikings offense that we know can be blow away overpowered. Yeah, I mean, how many successful actual like college coaches coming into the NFL um, have we, have we seen, I mean, all, all I have in my head are the, the chip Kelly's, the urban Myers. I, I mean, it's like an entirely different skill set. even kind of managing college athletes versus pro athletes. It just never seems to translate that well. So I, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, Harbaugh has a name brand, you know, coach recognition, but I'm never convinced that those guys are, are great for the NFL level. Yeah, in the NFL, you know, I obviously Harbaugh also had some success at the NFL coaching level too, but uh, it is a changing league and he certainly did uh, go down to DFS Texas only tunes in for Pete's head coaching takes. And that's what we're here for. And here's the, the uncomfortable one, Pete, that we have to talk about briefly. Brian Flores suing the NFL while still being live for the Saints and Texans jobs. And I know on this show, we, you know, we do err on the, the very liberal side, but I think, you know, certainly the, the plight of the black man in the NFL coaching thing, not something Pete and I are very familiar with, but I think as a, a third party observer, certainly you want to see these guys get a fair chance. The Belichick texts are, are pretty damning, it seems, with him thinking that uh, the job was locked down by the wrong Brian, if you haven't seen the full scoop there. But overall, Brian Flores, I think we've talked on this show, like maybe he didn't get the most out of Tua, but he got the most out of that Dolphins team that deserved, uh, I guess, really, he deserved a better outlay for just what he got out of them. And now it's just kind of an uncomfortable thing where I think the NFL maybe pushes one of these teams to hire him just to maybe strengthen their case. But then I was talking to one of my lawyer friends and he was like, actually, that could weaken their case because it proves that he is actually a very viable head coach, a guy who deserves these kind of jobs and instead has been shunted a couple times and had his bad exit. I don't know much you want to say here, Pete, because again, it's hard, it's hard for us to talk about this in this perspective, but it just seems just the fairness and a guy who did a great job. I just think it's a shitty situation that it had to come down to this. Yeah, it, there's so many layers to this story. You know, even honestly, the stuff with the Belichick text messages, it was funny because it's just like Bill Belichick being an idiot and a boomer and not realizing who he's talking to. But like, I almost segment this story into a couple parts. Like the Rooney rule stuff has its own flaws. And like, you know, they should definitely be called out for these sham interviews. Obviously the Broncos um, implicated in this as well. But like those are also the rules. Like these these coaches that these organizations are required to to interview, you know, these coaches of color as part of the process. So like sham interviews are going to happen because of this setup. And I don't have a perfect, elegant solution for it, but I almost view that as its own thing. I mean, the stuff that's I think more damning to me is like the tampering stuff, you know, uh, Steven Ross, the owner, asking Brian Flores to tamper. There's major fines for tampering for even coaches himself. And Stephen Ross might get fined for all this. And what, what's a, what's a million dollars uh, fine to a billionaire? Literally nothing. It'd be like you and me getting a $50 fine. It just like, doesn't even phase us. But for Brian, Brian Flores, like that fine could have been significant, what it would do to his reputation as a coach. So I think that's a big issue. And then also the tanking stuff, you know, there was the, you know, he alleges that he was getting bribed $100,000 a game to lose. And when you really start to pull apart the implications of that, you can see that like he was set up as a fall guy for the Dolphins all along and that he might not have been their coach of the future. And you, I mean, I might be reading in between the lines too much, but it's like, yeah, here, we're going to pay you. You be the guy that comes in here and loses in tanks. And then we're going to fire you. 
and, and get the new coach, the one we really want or whatever it is when we're ready to usher in this new era. So that stuff, when you really start peeling back what some of this stuff could mean, I think is pretty damning. The question is, are they going to have enough evidence to be able to, to really do something about this? Because a lot of it is kind of, he said, she said stuff. Yeah, I think there's a big settlement coming his way. And there are also some Stephen Ross investments in the gambling companies in the same time frame that he was encouraging Flores to tank, which is not a great look. And, you know, we support betting on this show. Legal betting is a, a fantastic thing for the country as long as you guys are handling it responsibly, which we try to impart here as best we can. Uh, but overall, there's a lot of things here. It's going to be an interesting story to keep it going. And really more than anything, I feel like you got to kind of salute Brian Flores for his courage and or finessing. If he just gets a great settlement out of this and then doesn't take another NFL job, hey, more power to him. He was a great coach. And if he's that disenfranchised, that disenchanted with the system, um, then get your payday and, and and do the Colin Kaepernick route and make a difference. And he might be the sacrificial Kurt Flood for any historical MLB free agency fans out there. But Pete, time to get into this draft because uh, we got to make good time on this one. And um, it is draft season. You did your first draft on on ship chasing, and also I didn't. I don't know if yesterday was a Korean and Gretsch show, so I might have sold Gretsch short by him not also popping your cherry. Yeah, I, I got my cherry pop by both of them. It was a okay. tag team <laughs> the same cherry time. popping. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's a tough one. <laughs> Old Dave Fortnoy. <laughs> no comment. No comment for me either. Honestly, that was <laughs> should have said that. Funnily enough, too, I got to get this all out of my system because I'm actually doing Cheddar uh, today. The the Cheddar Network. They have a betting show, and it's like a professional thing to build my media reel. And I gotta like actually, I gotta put on a Henley and like do. <laughs> I wait. Your your version of getting dressed up is putting on a Henley. Yes, I'm not putting on a button down. <laughs> That's not my brand. Um, I've never heard of Cheddar. Uh, Cheddar's like a, it was a financial network and now they have like a, you know, a betting deal like everybody does, but they do a little bit of everything. And I'm just doing, I'm doing a segment there where um, they're sponsored by BetMGM. So by proxy, Pete, I've technically gotten our first sportsbook uh, sponsorship. Wow. There you go. Pump the show while you're on there. Oh, I will. I'll be like, Hey, go check out. I'm going to leave the thumbnail up of just us and my wry face looking at a prospect. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so are we, are we hopping in this draft? Yep, let's do it. So, of course, going over to Underdog, the 2022 Big Board is the tournament on there. You can draft rookies. You can draft your stacks. And um, and I guess I'll ask you, Pete, to kind of set the table here. Some interesting stats came out this week from Sam Hoppin that I forgot to put in our show sheet about the uh, the fr fragile running back build I think was looking a little better. Um, zero RB did not work out so well this year. Has that adjusted anything you're thinking about these drafts? Uh, no, I mean... No, no offense to Sam. I love Sam. I think he does really good work, but that kind of data, I don't think actually encompasses the entire scope of structural drafting that was showing specifically for the top. I believe it was seven picks and running backs in that. I, I prefer the data that shows the overall construction of the lineup. Um, so one of the things like he categorized robust RB as three running backs in the first seven rounds. Michael Leone showed on uh, established the run that just drafting three running backs hyper fragile and then not drafting anymore was a dominant strategy. But when you say robust RB with no other context for what happens after round seven, each additional running back you add after that actually lowers your win rate. So to me, it's more about the overall construction. And I think the more interesting conversations now is how do these 20 round drafts impact the optimal structural strategy versus the 18 round drafts that we had last year and underdog and Josh Norris have confirmed all of these tournament drafts this year are going to be 21 20 round drafts with the uh, extra two rounds tacked on. So all year long, they're going to be 20 rounds. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. 
Yep. So uh, I think, you know, there's, there's different stuff there. I do think the, you know, three QBs, three tight ends that you're probably going to see be more optimal. I think uh, zero RB uh, stuff is going to be a little bit more optimal, having a couple more late darts to throw. I think, you know, taking more stabs on these young players that have the potential to break out, um, you know, these low key rookies right now. Uh, I think those are the kind of the things I'm thinking about with these, with, with these extra roster spots. And then overall, I, I think this is a really tough question to ask. And, you know, I have previously advocated for drafting when you have more information, but uh, you know, right now we're all pretty much on even footing things like free agency, things like coaching and QB changes. How does that affect what you're doing? Are you just drafting sort of based on the historical fantasy production? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I really like doing the draft last night. I was I was learning on the fly. I don't think I have a really a clear thesis on on stuff right now. I mean, it was a ship chasing draft we were doing last night. So wide receivers were flying off the board uh, faster than they might otherwise. One other trend that I noticed, and a lot of the guys who had actually been doing some other drafts, it was actually Willis who made a joke uh, in the chat. Apparently quarterbacks are going uh, much faster in these drafts than they were in like best ball mania and even the puppy drafts over the summer. So, um, being a little bit more aggressive on completing our stacks, I think, uh, would be a early lesson for me. Just, just one thing that I had noticed. And then, yeah, I also just seeing some weird stuff. I don't know if guys are auto drafting or what, but some really weird constructions, eight running backs, four QBs. Um, we are on the clock here at the turn. Um, curious uh any of your of your thoughts here i would go dalvin like i know we i know we just talked about the running back thing but i think he's gonna be in a really good spot with o'connell as the head coach i think that's gonna get the most out of him and we've seen sean mcveigh's prodigies love to lean on the run and i think dalvin cook will be the beneficiary yeah um i'm definitely down for dalvin i do think i would want um want either uh, a Kelsey or a pass catcher here. Do you have a, have a favorite of uh, either of these guys? I would go Debo. I think I don't, I don't like where he's being drafted. Like this is a really high ADP for Debo, but like if we're going to assume that Trey Lance is going to make that, that tide rise a little more and then Debo can not be a running back quite as much, or if he is just for really effective kind of gimmickry plays, like I think that means Debo uh, could somehow be undervalued, even though he is like, it is sticker shock to see him this high ADP wise. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, you know, we, we do have the sticker shock, but it's not like, um, you know, Darrell Henderson being drafted in the 12th round of BBM. And then he's going in the fourth round and you're competing against teams who drafted him in the 12th. Like we're all starting on a level playing field here. So it's not like we have to be worried uh, about that. And yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to think that Debo is a pretty solid pick here. Like I don't get worried about him quite as much. I feel like he's kind of immune to, you know, I don't know whether different coaching or not coaching changes, but QB changes. If we do get, you know, Lance starting, um, you know, offensive shifts, I just feel like he's such a focal point of their offense that he feels like a pretty comfortable pick to me. So. Yeah, I agree. And I also think we can get that Niners stack now pretty easily where Kittle, I presume is going to be going a little bit lower. I'm sure um, the playoff performance of him being in line to block a lot didn't encourage people, but that Niners team next year could be a, a very wide open offense if Trey Lance does evolve the way that a lot of these young QBs would do. And I would also say, Pete, I know we talked about a little bit about Super Bowl betting. Um, the Bengals going into this year were right there odds wise with the Jets in terms of teams, you know, the or win the Super Bowl. I think the Niners now like accounting for the Trey Lance jump as well as just what, you know, Shanahan could do with a full offseason with him and not having to worry about Jimmy G. 
I think the Niners will be touted as a Super Bowl team this year. Next year could actually be the year. Yeah. I mean, I I was joking last night that I'm definitely ready to Martingale Trey Lance and go uh, right back to him in this spot. Uh, we ended up not getting Debo last night. We got George Kittle and then Brandon Ayuk was pretty cheap. Uh, I think we got Ayuk in like the seventh round. Obviously, he was going, you know, early fifth round, late fourth even um, in Best Ball Mania last year. So a little bit of a discount there. But um, one thing, we got snaked on Trey Lance. We thought mm. we could potentially wait. And I want to say he went in the 10th or 11th round uh, before we could take him. So no discount right out of the gate on uh, Trey Lance. And then, yeah, George Kittle was going early to mid-third. I doubt he makes it back to us here. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the show and I don't know if it's better that I didn't watch ship chasing or not before the show. Cause uh, GA pointing out that this is attempt number two for you to build that Lance stack. And I guess you, you're just predisposed to, to the Niners and Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing that makes it hard is like the, obviously the only indictment of Trey Lance is the team didn't think he was ready uh, this year, or they still thought that Jimmy Garoppolo gave them the best chance to make a run, which, which might've been true, but I still feel like we haven't seen enough of Trey Lance to really know one way or another um, what he has to offer. So yeah, I, I, I still, I'm willing to get burned uh, again. I think I just have to be careful if, if everyone feels the same way and his price stays incredibly rich, then that might make it difficult. And also, for what it's worth, I am guiding us on this Niners one because you gave me the choice and I did go Debo's way. So inadvertently, I'm putting you into the exact same situation that you were in yesterday, except except you got Debo this time. So that's probably me being the good luck charm that I am. Yeah, and it is interesting. Uh, in our draft last night, Mark Andrews went in the, I believe, late second. Um, here he's going early third. Uh, we were talking last night, like, you know, some concerns with... Um, a lot of Mark Andrews production came with the backup QBs. They weren't pushing the ball down the field as much. Lamar not being healthy. So Mark Andrews ADP feels a little frothy to me. Pat's take was just like, take the cheapest of kind of the Waller, Pitts, Kittle tier, just because after those first five, there's a massive gap. Um, but we might, we might yeah, be we able to Kittle, get right? Kittle. Yeah. And if not too, like, I would be fine coming away with, with Pitts uh, here as well. Like, I, I think Pitts is an awesome pick at the 3-4 turn. I like how this is developing. Yeah, Kittle, I'm in. Um, yeah, uh, definitely down to get Tittle. Uh, tittle? Tittle? I'm titillated. <laughs> yeah, we're all titillated. Down, <laughs> um, who else uh, do you want to uh, to consider here? <sighs> do we go full Niners and take Elijah too and just really capture that production? Well, the one thing about that... Um, we get most of it back next year too, which could be a little bit. Yeah, thing. that feels a little rich for me with Eli Mitchell. Um, I think I'd prefer to get another wide receiver at this spot. Okay. Um, hmm. I we don't know who's going to be in Pittsburgh, which I guess it doesn't matter because we're going for the land. Uh, we should go somewhere where we know who the QB is going to be. We don't know Tampa Bay either. I'm also willing to. I mean, it's a it's a gamble, but. I mean, Calvin Ridley, basically anywhere, if he comes back, is going to be a smash at 312. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm also McLaurin, down for Mike Evans. Commander McLaurin? Sure. Okay. I'll do McLaurin. Yeah. All right. I, Terry, I, you know, the new uniform is going to make him look even faster. <laughs> yeah. That the, I don't know who we'd stack him up with at QB if we don't get Lance, but Spack's going to take an RB and, and Pete shuts it down. A tail is all the time. We are taking young running backs, though, this time, right? Or younger, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I just, in general, too, with like these underdog drafts and how wide receiver, um, how you can get shut out so quickly 
um, and having the anchor running back with Dalvin Cook, I'd, I'd rather grab a guy like Terry, who I think is just uh, a pretty safe, safe pick at this price. I'm also for the record and DFS Texas again saying gotta be Ridley. I know you just mentioned him too. The concern for me is that he was unhappy because of being in Atlanta. And that would scare me if you're trying to build a Falcon stack then and you end up with like Matt Ryan and it just doesn't fully relate. Might not matter as much for this kind of draft this early on. But to me, I just I don't have the confidence that Ridley comes back and and you know and comes back to the same team in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of different range of outcomes with Ridley. I I'm less concerned about you know, worrying about the stack stuff like Matt Ryan's ADP. It's it's he's not necessarily like a guy you're going to go out of your way to draft. I think we actually took him last night. I can't remember. Um, I can't, re- I think, may- no, we took who we took Trevor Lawrence cousins and whoever, but anyways, like to me, it's more of a concern if you're reaching for a quarterback to complete a stack and you don't even know if the stack is going to be there. Whereas I think when you factor in the cost, like Ridley, it, it's still a fine risk, even if you don't get Matt Ryan. I guess the question I would have for you is like, are you more intrigued by these young QB stacks where you kind of know what's going to be there? Like I saw uh, somebody of note was touting uh, Laquan Treadwell this week and like going like, yeah, he's going to be the guy that probably rises DJ Chark's a free agent and all of that. And I feel like like a Jaguars backdoor stack could be interesting. If and I'm not trying to get to a Visca joke, I swear, but I like, are you willing to tether yourself to some of these younger teams? Because I think the Niners are the one that really come to mind most easily. Um. Sorry, say that again. Just like younger QB stacks, like yep. you know the Burrow stack. Obviously, this year would have been the one to reference, but like the stack where the QB's young, you know he's going to be there. There isn't a chance of him not being there, barring injury. Like, are you willing to go more in on those stacks, or are you just, I guess, not even interested in those stacking options? Yeah, I guess I would say I'm just not um, as worried about going out of my way for for stacks right now. Um, like, I, I mean, on the other hand, the quarterbacks are flying off the shelves a, a little quicker than usual. We see uh, Willis stacked up. Uh, he got the Tyree kill. Kelsey didn't mess around and locked up Mahomes. But yeah, I guess with this team, I, I, I do think we should, you know, prioritize Trey Lance. Uh, that makes a ton of sense because we've made such a big bet on the Niners. But, you know, with all these picks, I mean, we're it's kind of how the drafts were going in Best Ball Mania too, where it's like, you could not have a stack set up till like the ninth or 10th round and still backdoor a reasonable stack. So I just don't think we necessarily have to go out of our way early on to set that stuff up. Sean G actually raising an interesting stack. Zach Wilson stack with, with more with Elijah Moore could actually be kind of appealing. Taking the jump here, a year playing together, the both guys getting healthy too. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I don't mind that at all. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of those rookie wide receivers that are going to be, second year wide receivers that kind of flashed and you know, that's historically been a very good profile to, uh, to bet on here. I I definitely would not be opposed to basically like any of these guys here, the rookies, Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, Amon Ross, St. Brown, like all of them look pretty solid to me here. The sophomores, I believe you mean now, now that we actually have real rookies. True. Um, Also Corbin in the chat saying, so you're comfortable with McLaurin's QB. I think I'm just comfortable with the concept of McLaurin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so different different angles here but I, i'm comfortable with the concept of mclaurin and then ron rivera getting somebody in tow who's going to be useful and i mean for whatever it was worth like taylor heineke wasn't bad this year Fitzpatrick was a guy who was buying in on probably too much given i guess he's just gonna be retired now but i think they get somebody in there like uh, they still have the weapons to bounce back after everybody was like two on them this year yeah yeah, and then uh, Lunchbowl asking about Lamar. Uh, he went 5-2 here, the Mark Andrews owner stacking him up. Um, 
interesting to look at the this quarterback strategies here. You do get um, some unstacked plays, Kyler and Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase stack obviously makes sense. Yeah, um, naked QB who can kind of stand on his own. I mean, that, like I think that's always going to be an okay move. For sure. Fully loaded has been hammering running backs. Uh, is he going to allow... Ooh, I'm pretty stoked that he let Elijah Moore uh, fall to us. i definitely like to add Elijah Moore to this team. Okay. I'm up for it. Um, What else looks, uh, looks interesting to you here? I mean... I don't think I would not take Traylon Burks when you could take some of these other guys here. Um, you know, like Marquise Brown, we know the upside. I do find Hunter Renfro intriguing. I think he proved this year that he can do something. And Michael Thomas, you know, if we're not going to stack up Michael Thomas, like I think not a bad receiver to target at this point, ADP wise. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. The Traylon Burks stuff is it's, it's getting too frothy mm-hmm. already. I, I think my choice would be Marquise Brown. I'm I'm also open to Renfro. I would go run. I mean, I'd, I'd go run for, I think. All right. We can do run for. I just feel like he's going to be, I mean, if we want to talk about the archetypes, he is a Josh McDaniels receiver. If you've ever seen one. Uh, he is. He definitely is. I mean, Ren, it's like we, we have to destigmatize Hunter Renfro. He, he, he's actually just good. Like <laughs> he, he is a good I player. I, we look, I touted him a lot this year, especially when Waller was out. Like I think he's good. And I think being in a, a more competent offense that doesn't have some of the, the, issues that we know the Raiders had this year. Um, like, I think, I think they're going to get the most of them. So I, I'm very much a fan. And again, another youngish player who going into year three could even take one more level up, uh, one more jump. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, Renfro's McDaniels Edelman. I'll take that comp there. Yeah, I will take that. That's my thesis. Yeah. Um, let's see what else is shaking out here. Any other, uh, ADPs kind of sticking, sticking out to you. We do see some of our rookies coming off the board. It looks like Brees Hall was our first rookie. And, you know, I think Rotoviz did have him as their number one, uh, running back in their, in their initial draft guide. So, uh, I think last year who we had ETN and Javante Williams were both going around the fifth, sixth round throughout the the offseason for being the top rookies drafted i just think any rookie is going to be minus ev if they're this high up right now just because you don't know where they're going to land like what if they land behind somebody who's uh, pretty well solidified what if they go to somewhere with just a, a bad qb situation um like i you know and i know this is the point of the big board and also the point of what we're doing at football outsiders getting these guys scouted early but i feel like the value in taking rookies is going to be taking guys who could pop up like late in the draft and then you hope they land in the right situation whereas if you get a guy now in the fifth round or the fourth round and he bombs out completely like I, that's just a, a tough draft spot to lose out on yeah but on the other hand we've seen you know, the league winners come from, from that crop of rookies. Uh, Daniel mentions Najee. Yeah. He, Najee was going, yeah, so much higher last year. Um, I don't think we're going to have a back that, um, you know, gets drafted quite like Najee this year, just from what I'm seeing. But if, if Brees Hall is, you know, going in the top 25 picks or whatever, I mean, the fifth round is going to be ultimately end up being cheap for him. So one of the things I was thinking about last night and with all these early drafts is like, you're really just trying to draft guys you think can jump a couple of rounds in value uh, over the next few months before, you know, the season starts. So a guy like Brees Hall, if he lands in the nut spot and he's drafted in the first round, like he's going to be a late second pick at worst, basically. So I don't mind in these kind of early drafts. Like we, we will basically 
only have uh, a short amount of time where there's extreme values on these guys before we know more. So I do think they're good risk reward propositions. Um, is there anybody, I know you mentioned Rotoviz, of course, you know, giving them the plugs and making sure that, um, you know, they're another site doing the early draft analysis out there for people that do want to get into best ball and have a read on the rookie class. Was there anybody that really stood out to you when you were going through their article? And again, give them full attribution. We're not trying to steal their info and put it on here because that's legitimately a thing you should be paying for Rotoviz for. Yeah, no, uh, sorry. What were you saying? You're asking about the rookie report card. Um, anybody coming in, I guess that you're thinking that road of his bubbled up for you that you're, I guess a little more tuned in on than you would have been otherwise. Yeah. I'm still, uh, very, very green, uh, with this rookie class. I believe Drake London looks like the next wide receiver. He's the, uh, the big guy from your alma mater, uh, Mm -hmm. that, that looked pretty interesting. We were watching some of his, uh, his tape last night. So he would probably be the next guy on the radar. We grinded some tape, huh? We were. We were watching. We demonetized the video last night to to watch highlight tapes. Uh, I got uh, fell in love with a guy named Sky Moore, spelled S K Y Y, um, and then watched very underwhelming highlights. <laughs> Sky Moore sounds also like a great WNBA player. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, just an incredible name. I, I mean, I I really want Sky Moore to to live up he, to that name. He had to be named after the vodka, right? You'd think. <laughs> I, I do not know. I, I'm sure we will ask his parents and get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Honestly, you know, we, we are going to have people for football outsiders at the NFL combine. I will actually say, can we ask him if he's named after the vodka? And I, and we'll see. Maybe that could be the thing that gets us to go viral. You never know. Uh, it could be. Wait a second. Did someone already fucking draft Trey Lance? You guys are sick. Oh, you are absolutely sick. Brickers. Move. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you're whatever. We're going to go look at his team and lay into him here. Um, what else are you seeing here? I'm fine buying the dip on Jerry Judy. Yeah, I could live with that. Uh, I think too, the, another coaching move one that could benefit him. I mean, as far as he's running back, I don't really want to tr- touch the, the rookie Patterson or Connor. I mean, I would be fine with Sanders or Pollard. We also could start thinking about quarterback stuff as these guys are just flying off the, uh, the show. I don't mind here. a naked Jalen hurts. Me too. Coming off the surgery. But I'm good with that. Yeah. Because now, now that our stack got blown up, at least we can maybe get similar production from a guy that the offense is built around. And I, I don't think that offense is going to get less built around Jalen Hurts. If anything, I think they add more passing game wrinkles for him. What is what is Brickers doing here? Being a dick. Is all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we get Trey Lance. Rod dogging Trey Lance in the seventh. Because I was going to say, I was like, we should probably take Lance at the eight, at this seven, eight turn. Because him coming all the way back to the ninth, I thought was going to be dicey. But I didn't think, I thought we were a lock to get him at 7-8. Bricker. Bricker is now our arch nemesis of the 2022 best ball draft season. Jeez. It's just like, I, I thought we were really comfy for the Trey Lance stack there. And, and this goes back to what I was saying before. Like, I'm excited about Trey Lance, but I mean, I, I'm not going to be drafting him in the seventh. I mean, that's crazy. So you know who the buzz on from our guys, and I'm not—I don't mean to keep plugging FO, but I really do. Like I heard some. They're, actual... they're our sponsor. You're well within your rights. Okay, to, uh, I know. I know, but it's like it is editorial, and I feel like sometimes you got to try to make those points. Um, our guy Mike Tanier loved Malik Willis. Said his arm looked liver more live than Kenny Pickett's by a pretty wide margin. I think if you're going to take a naked rookie QB and hope that they kind of bubble up, like Malik Willis, I was trying to find some prop lines out there. I think he ends up a top ten QB pick. I think he's this year's Trey Lance. All right, I like I like the call. 
Yeah. I like he also ran for like 700 yards last year. So you talk about a live arm, a guy who actually showed some mobility granted, you know, at a not high, le- not the highest level college, but um, I'm going to take that flyer at some point because I'm real. I'm honestly just really sad about that. We didn't get Trey Lance. I think honestly, part of it too might be, we were building like too clean of a team. And I feel like sometimes people just muck it up for you because they could sense that coming. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Brickers has the, uh, the grinders uh, experience badge here. So I don't, I don't know. Brickers, are you watching? Reveal yourself. Last yeah, night, the yeah, the guy who snaked us on Trey Lance uh, sent sent a, a video this morning with hashtagging raw dogging uh, Trey Lance, and he sent in a video that was tilted uh, sideways. So these these guys raw dogging Trey Lance, they're they're crazy motherfuckers, spags. Maybe this is just gonna be a, like a bit that people do to you, and you're not even aware. <laughs> I mean, God. Given how early the tournaments are this year, this could literally be your next next six months of your life. <laughs> I know. It is like every year we're drafting earlier and earlier. I swear to God, it's going to be like week 17 next year. I'm going to be drafting 2023 best ball teams. Like, I love it though. Like, I mean, you know, especially for us, obviously for you doing the channel, for us as a show, like the fact that we get to do this now every week, like we're going to be really well versed by summertime and just how people are looking. But also like it really does. It helps fill the content hours. I'll tell you what. Yeah, there there was a guy in the ship chasing chat last night who uh, at the end he's like he's like what's the optimal strategy for how many uh, quarterbacks to take? Uh, I need to see a video on two QBs versus three QBs. I was like, man, it's February third. Can we can we just ease into this? I promise we're going to be talking all summer about optimal draft construction. I mean, this has been though like our thesis though, Pete, for us as a show is that people just want to keep doing football, want to keep doing fantasy, want to keep betting, want to do whatever football leagues available. So I think you know you just got to see dollar signs in your eye like a cartoon character at this point. That's right. That's right. I wonder. I I I did make a resolution uh, last night when we finished the ship chasing one is to name every one of my drafts immediately you know, following the draft because last year, I think they added that naming function like halfway through draft season. And it was just too much of a chore to go back and, and name them all. So you gotta, you gotta hold me to that spec. Whenever we finish the draft, I need to go label it splash play first draft, etc. Okay. No, I, I, I support that. Cause I think this year we're going to do better drafts. And I feel like last year you didn't name as many of our drafts as you did your other show drafts. Cause you knew that they weren't going to be perhaps quite as good as some of the constructions with all your other uh, savant best ball friends. No, I mean, I didn't name, I wasn't naming any drafts because I got lazy and forgot, but this year I need to be more organized. And also because you don't respect my prowess as a partner. Chris, Chris, I'm not, I'm not putting, I mean, if if someone wants to be my best ball stable boy and put these in Excel for me, uh, I'm happy to, but I, God, I'm not doing that, Chris. Yeah, where do we go now? Oh, Melvin Gordon's available. (laughs) No. I mean, Uh, I I love Ramondre. Like, I'm willing to bet on him getting more burn this year. I like it. I'm I also, I also like, I'm down to bet on Juju. I saw, uh, I forget who I saw a tweet talking about, like, I mean, Juju profiles like the Debo Samuel Cooper cup, kind of the veteran who has already flashed. That's now going at an insane discount. Um, to me, he seems pretty interesting. I mean, given that we just took a running back, I would think that Juju relative to ADP here, unless you want to do the Rondale Moore jump, I think would be the most appealing option. Yeah, I think I'm Juju over Rondell right now. Okay, I'm cool with it. Yeah, Let's I think see that's a, here. A, a solid move. Um, 
Okay, here now this this is Spags content from Mathology. Spags, did you know that Sky's girlfriend is Jordan Harris? You can find her under Jordan. I assume this is an Instagram handle that Spags is furiously typing. <laughs> I am furiously typing it. And though honestly, I have to log in Instagram and I forgot my Instagram password, which is a problem to itself. <laughs> um, let's see. Because I got hacked recently and had to change a bunch of passwords and I don't so actually somebody hacked I didn't think I mentioned this on the show. Somebody hacked into my FanDuel and then FanDuel allowed them to take the money out of FanDuel and then <laughs> Wait, you got legit hacked? Yeah, I guess I got I was in a uh, don't don't look at my passwords, guys, but I was in some sort of data exposure for whatever. And then my shitty password got like exposed. And then yeah, like Vandal's like, oh cool. Oh, this guy's bank account. Like he changed the email, like put a bank account that wasn't my name. And they had no issue with that. So if you're gonna rob any sports book out there, rob Vandal. Wow. Um really that, is, that is that is not good. I mean, Spags, considering I did have you send me uh the splash play password the other day and I was very underwhelmed by your security measures. Can't say I'm surprised that someone got into your FanDuel account. Look, I, I get it. Oh, here we go. Wait, I'm in. I'm in. Okay, cool. Saving my info. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this jot in real fast. <laughs> Look at this. I I'm gonna enjoy comments like this while we get it. This team is rock solid. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a summer of people hating my my draft. So let's just savor this while we have it. So this can't be the same. I guess cheerleader at the University of Pittsburgh is this Jordan Harris, but her account is private and there are no posts. So did she know we were coming? Did she? Is that? I don't know. I mean, jaw. Maybe has she been building some heat in certain like the in the gossip, like because there's a lot of like really aggressive like you know black celebrity gossip sites out there. So maybe pick it up a little heat. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, mathology, maybe. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I can't tell. Who knows? Oh, Willis is hoping for hurts for the double stack. Sorry, Willis. Oh no, did you get snaked? <laughs> Wow, really going after our uh our account our there. Account. <laughs> or you can't be happy with your one premium double stack. You had to have another. <laughs> like a greedy boy Willis just scarf it up stacks left and right. Sorry, Willis. <laughs> Leave some stacks for the rest of us. I would be less bitter if we got Trey Lance. I was I was feeling so good about the Niner stack with the fact that we got Kittle like later than we should, and you were like, we're not gonna get Kittle. But now here we are. Just getting... Look at this full yellow draft from fully loaded. Uh, rookie in the sixth, rookie in the seventh, rookie in the eighth, Deshaun Watson in the tenth. I mean, this is just a full send it DGAF draft. That that is yeah, uh, probably not the best strategy would be my thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, God, wide receivers are getting so gross down here. I, I, I probably am going to make a pitch for one Mr. William Fuller. I was going to say, did he go through a rebrand? He's not Will yes. Fuller the fourth now. He's William Fuller. <laughs> we we had this uh, realization last night because I mean, he was definitely listed as Will Fuller on the platform last year. Right? So I don't know where this William Fuller came from. And he's William Fuller the fourth I know on DraftKings from doing those naming uh, conventions as well. So I don't know if William Fuller makes him better or worse. Wait, are we done drafting? No, I was just going to give you a, a sell. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Justin Herzig just posted uh, like 30 minutes ago, his top values right now, his number one. Um, I'm actually going to reply. Uh, William. Apparently Willis already took William Fuller. <laughs> what? Willis? You rugged us. Uh, we are on the screen. Oh, I can't say. Uh, I'm I shit. We got eight seconds. Um, yeah, make, make your choice. Uh, shit, 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 shit. I'm going to put fucking Marvin Jones. No <laughs> Jarvis Landry. Fuck. 
<laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. Me, me firing off tweets instead of lining up our queue. Who do we just Marvin Jones? What an awful pick. <laughs> I hate it. Um, who do we want here? Uh Trevor Lawrence now, we, I guess. We could set up our uh we could set up our Derek Carr to uh oh, Hunter. I don't, mind that. I don't mind that. Though is he gonna get traded? I hope he he can't get traded because of the McDaniels hire. I feel like that wouldn't be the move. <sighs> Cutting it real close, Spags. I honestly, I do think though, like I said it early on, Trevor Lawrence, I would not mind here. I think him taking the leap with somebody who they're going to bring in to make sure he's not a bust, I think is a, a decent bet to make. Yeah, <laughs> when when history looks back on this draft, the great thing about where our personal brands are at is even though in actuality, I made that pick, um, people will remember it as like, oh, Spags probably made Pete draft Marvin Jones there. So I've, I've basically absolved is what I'm saying. That's good. Look, it's a team effort here. I'm willing to share the credit and share the blame. <laughs> All right. Where are we going here? I, I, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm very mad. I thought, I thought William Fuller was ours. And then Willis just had to come over the top. And then he took Visca too, just to be hurtful to you. <laughs> Everything. It's not that people don't even care about winning. They just care about sticking in the knife and twisting it. It's funny. I guess Willis really took it personally that I <laughs> went in so in, so deep on him and his double stacking cleanly. And uh, yeah, he took it out on you. And that, that's unfair. Oh, my God. I will say, like, I think just because the combination of it being, you know, everyone, I assume, first few drafts and the fact that it's 20 rounds. Like it, these do definitely feel um, like longer drafts than those summer BBM drafts. I mean, by the time late August rolls around and everyone knows the ADPs inside and out, like those drafts just absolutely rip. Like mm -hmm. you were, you were finishing those like sometimes sub 40 minutes uh, when everyone is on top of it. And right now we're all, you know, letting the clock run down and auto drafting Marvin Jones. GA007 in the chat saying, name this entry SP Pete drafted M Jones. No, <laughs> I agree. That's has no. to be the name now. It that's not that's the thing, GA. It's gonna be SP Spags wanted wanted an old. I will I will do some very uh you know uh specific revisionist history on this draft. I want to see clickbaited headlines on every single draft team that you make, and I think that's the clickbait headline. That's right. God. Yeah, hopefully people, uh, we got to, Pete, also something we need to think about. It. Pete and I have talked about this a little bit off the air, but we have some time between picks. So I'll throw it out on the show. Uh, Pete and I are going to start syndicating content to different players. So we need to really start thinking about our 90 second sound bites that we can get to that make a point that somebody might click on uh, various websites out there. Interesting, Spags. Sounds like, um, sounds like a good plan for us. Yeah, look, I think it's, I think it's going to be great when people go to credible websites and see our dumb faces drafting Marvin <laughs> Jones. I, that that's never getting clipped. <laughs> it's not, it's not up to you, Pete. It's up to the mechanisms and the syndicators and what they want. <laughs> They're dying for Marvin Jones content. Oh God. I, I could just, I could see the clickbait headline. Now this man went against all conventional wisdom and drafted Marvin Jones. See what happens next. It is funny though, like drafting an old receiver who we don't like, he might not even be on the Jags next year. Like I, nothing would surprise. He might retire. Like, you know, <laughs> No, I mean, he's basically in the same vein as Devo Samuel, you know, this this veteran who's going to take, you know, a massive leap. I mean, I can see it right now. How old do you think Marvin Jones is? 
I'm going to guess Marvin Jones is 29 years old. Oh, no. I, I thought you were going to go older. He's 31. So <laughs> you hate that even more now, I presume. He plays like he's 29, though, is kind of what I've always said. He plays two years younger. He plays bigger for his size and younger for his age. <laughs> also, if you're watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play Channel, please make sure to hit that like button. And also, if you can, go to Apple Podcasts, throw us five stars and a review because that does help us out a bunch. And again, we're going to be doing these all year long. So strap in, come hang out with us. Uh, these shows will, will be here for you on podcast form and video form. And Eric Lindbergh in the YouTube chat is putting question marks. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what we did to deserve that. Twi- I, I was off by two years. Like how that that's not four question mark egregious. I'm sorry. That's what that's one question mark egregious. I agree. I like honestly, you're right. If you're within a two year range of a guy, like he's drafted in 2019. 33, so- Willis, you fucking idiot. <laughs> question mark, question mark. <laughs> oh man. This is fun though. It's nice to just be doing this. Like this is like a leisure. This is like a a chill. Like you get yourself like a nice gin and tonic. You sit back and you just do some best ball drafts. This is this is like when I was doing my chess streams, you know. And it's just like you're flying completely blind, just you know, willing to make egregious mistakes in front of the world, in front of uh, the people syndicating these clips. <laughs> front of yeah uh, some of america some could say uh that's what we're doing i can't believe i'm gonna say this uh we should probably start drafting some running backs and this actually looks like a pretty sweet spot for them Ooh, the gus edwards return i, I like the gus edwards return i think I, i'm fine buying the dip on Mostert too you know we've made a big bet on the 49ers offense like at this price mm. um that was Let's a strategy see. I didn't do. I, yeah, I'm in for Mostert. I mean, it does. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter where we take him now. But the the number two running back who the, all it takes is one thing to go like wrong or for another guy and then they get there. Like, I feel like that was a best ball thesis that I saw success with um, and from other people. And then I guess my one or two lineups that bubbled up. So Mostert I'm in on. Yeah, I, I really like Gus Edwards, too. I at agree. this price point. I mean, yeah, ever, people are buying real high on JK. Like Dobbins went like rounds ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dobbins. Let's see where Dobbins went. He got drafted by fully loaded. Our art. Uh, no, he's not our. He was no, the Bricker. guy doing. Yeah. yeah. Fully loaded was the one doing all the rookies. He took Dobbins in the uh, late third. That, that I mean, I think we got tremendous value on Gus then. Yeah, uh, I agree. I don't. There, there shouldn't be that big of a gap uh, between those two. Yeah, Chris G saying in the chat too, the disparity in value between Mostert and Elijah is insane. I would agree with that. We've seen that they want to go to Mostert. I, I don't think he can be a 20-touch guy uh, at this point in his career, but like a 15-touch guy with that explosive upside, I, that's very plausible. This is a very high T draft for us. You know, a um, lot of running backs that don't uh, catch a ton of passes. Um, although waiting where we did to draft these three running backs is more low T. So I think it balances out. I mean, structurally we're in a pretty good spot right now. Uh, I do think we need to get outside of our comfort zone here though, and start taking some flyers on, on some rookies. Um, Tom, I, I mean, well rookies, but we're kind of done at QB, right? So we can't take some of those guys. I still think with the 20 round drafts and the fact that we didn't use, you know, top seven, top eight round capital on, on a QB. Uh, wh- where did we take Jalen hurts eighth? I think we could justify a three QB build if we wanted. 
I think Zach Wilson's that guy if he makes it to us. Yeah, I know it's not a rookie. Like I again, Malik Willis, I will I will defend to the death. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be. He's actually one of the QBs that actually has number one overall pick odds, presumably if the Jags trade it. But Malik Willis, everything I'm hearing about him, I'm I'm jazzed, and I feel like he's just that guy that is going to get steamed up a lot over the next month. He's a quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is he not even Malik Willis? Willis. Willis. Okay. I mean, I, I do think uh, Zach Wilson makes a ton of sense with our to get our staff. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's Zach Wilson, given that we got Elijah. Are there any other? Is there I- any Eagles that we could stack with Hertz? Quez, Rager, and Quez. Yeah, I mean, and Rager. I feel like Rager was trending the wrong way. Quez was trending the right way. I'd probably be more inclined to go Quez than than Rager. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that thought either. I mean. I don't really see much of a difference um, between a lot, like in this tier of wide receivers here. Uh, it seems pretty flyery. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Goddard, I think would be the ideal if you're not getting Devonta, but you know, that's not, that wasn't feasible given our build. So we got as far as potential rookies, George Pickens uh, and Dotson here. Um, I mean, both of these guys look like, Dotson was going like eighth overall in the uh, Rotoviz rookie mock draft. Um, I guess that could be kind of interesting. I do think we should just start taking some flyers on some of these guys. Um, well, I think we, the, Zach Wilson hasn't gone yet, right? Right. I know yeah, he just went, I, damn it. Yeah, I, I missed that. Okay. Who, um, yeah. That, that oh, Bolt and Tua went. Jeez. Uh, hmm. I mean, Kenny Pickett, based on draft capitals, probably got the highest chance to start as a rookie, I would think. And Lundar's pointed that out, too, that Malik Willis might get steamed up to get as many snaps as Trey. There's a lot of Trey Lance, Malik Willis parallels, so that you know, I'm not going to argue against it. Yeah, I would say because we have the two QBs in that mid-range that we could we could probably wait on our third, and um, or, or we can just pull the trigger here at the 15-16 turn. I think I'm I'm okay taking a couple of receivers at this point, honestly. Yeah, let's just check out um if there's anything else here at running back, seeing some of these rookies, Zamir White, Brian Robinson Jr. Can Jarek McKinnon reestablish like establish himself as a number one guy? A Trey Sermon too, if we want to corner really corner the market on the backup. I mean, McKinnon's kind of interesting, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, minus the Chiefs not making the Super Bowl, McKinnon was kind of like this year's Leonard Fournette. Um, People continued to head into this season kind of distrusting his role. Uh, And then he smashed again. Like, I I think McKinnon's a pretty good inertia bet where people just kind of don't want to buy it. Um, And he might just be their lead back next year. That wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by McKinnon here, and I think, um, oh AJ Green, <laughs> AJ Green's God. still hanging out. Yeah, I'm basically the the three things I would be looking at for here are stacks, and I guess two things, uh, and then rookies or you know sophomore players that showed a little bit. So like, I'd even be willing to kick the tires on a guy like Terrace Marshall. Michael, yeah. Um, but it, it's pretty gross down here. Did Quez already go? No, he's still there. Hmm. I mean, honestly, though, like Quez is the kind of guy where if they do draft a receiver high again, I don't know why they would after taking Devonta, but if they draft a receiver, let's say second round or third round, like you probably bump Quez down then, which ugh, I don't know. 
Yeah. All right. Well, you want to take Tom Brady ceremony? <laughs> no, I, I refuse. Um, who are we going to take? We we were talking we ourselves. Can. I think yeah, we we're talking ourselves into McKinnon, and yeah. then um, shit. We also are going to need a second tight end at some point. I think I, that's where we could maybe take a rookie too. Like, who's the? I don't know. You if know you, who? Is there a road of his rookie that bubbled up? I know there were a couple. I think Trey McDaniels is the one that uh, we were talking about at football. Yeah, outside. it's just. I don't know if any of them are even close on the pedigree to, to really be an impact guy. I, I mean, I would rather take a guy like Gerald Everett, um, who I thought flashed at times this year. Um, yeah, I don't think there was anybody senior bowl wise. That's expected to be like a top 10 tight end. Like, no, there's no Kyle Pitts this year to be. Yeah. So it's just like, it, it's so thin for, I mean, it was hard enough for Kyle Pitts to, to perform this year. Yeah, much Mike, less. yeah. Mike Tanier at the senior bowl, Trey McBride and Jake Ferguson both caught his eye at tight end. But yeah, I agree. Like it's, I don't think they're high enough level prospects. They're just like catching somebody's eye at the senior bowl, basically. Yeah. So we have four more picks. Just looking at our construction, we're at two, five, seven, two. So we're definitely, uh, pretty balanced in that regard. I think, um, I think we could definitely add a third QB. I think we could definitely add a third tight end, even having Kittle. And then I think we could probably be good at running back. Um, I feel like this is, uh, unless we want to take a flyer on like a random rookie running back. Um, but we're in good shape structurally. Yeah, I, I think, hmm. Uh, people pushing Sky Moore on you again. I feel like you, is Sky Moore your brand now? Is that is it already your you, brand? You, you got to see the clip from last night. It just, I fell in love with Sky Moore, and then we watched the highlight clip, and, um, you know, we got rugged, basically. Um, no, I mean, Sky Moore is... Hopefully. <laughs> what did you say? Not rugged, hopefully. Jesus, Spags. I was hoping it was a, a rub, a, a rug and tug a joke, and it was even worse than I could have ever imagined. Nope, went right for the right for the vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> as I always do. Jarrett Patterson available. Uh, I don't know if I'm buying in on Jarrett Patterson. He's, he's young though. I'm actually Jarrett Patterson might not be a bad pick now. That's, now that I'm thinking about it. I I, I thought Patterson looked decent. Um, when he was filling in, we definitely went older at running back, which I, we are my influence. We went, yeah, no, but I mean, I think Ramondre and Gus, um, Ramondre is really kind of the guy that you're really hoping breaks out, uh, where we took him. I went pretty young at receiver too, like not, not including actual rookies, but like, these are all guys on the cusp of making elite potentially. Yeah. It's true. Hey, I found out that uh, I fell in love with a slot receiver. So, so Sky Moore, a small-bodied receiver guy, like yes. a slot guy. Okay. It was basically, you know, it's the closest I will ever get to doing like the online dating Tinder thing. You know, where I fell in love with a name, and then I showed up at the coffee place, and then I immediately regretted my decision. <laughs> 
Yeah, Sky Moore isn't 6'5". I don't know that I want to be there. Sky, <laughs> Sky Moore already sounding, based solely off your description, uh, sounds a lot like the, the Tavon Austin <laughs> type, a little bit more so. The best part about how this Sky Moore thing is going to go is I fell in love, and then I'm probably just going to FUD Sky Moore all draft season. And then Sky Moore is going to be like this year's Amon Ross St. Brown, who <laughs> just like absolutely destroys uh that, that's just how this stuff goes another proud usc alum also paul saying wait i know you just posted this wait until spags he's where mike davis is going hopefully not going at all would be my thought seriously that needs to not actually yeah ga raising a point that we talked about earlier in this week brian dable in new york no love for daniel jones i agree can we can we backdoor a giant we already have two qbs but can we backdoor a giant stack though um sure sure because like Galladay, Tony, has Kadarius Tony gone? That's actually he had he has to have gone. Yeah. Okay. Moose, the moose was on the loose. <laughs> Let's see what other giants are still available. Even Ingram was saying. I mean, my guy, my initial splash play uh, flame, uh, Darius Slayton. He's still there. Maybe this is the year. He's still young enough too. Like I think it's a Slayton's year three or year year four. Yeah. Uh, you're four, I would say, but don't come to me trying to guess people's ages. I might be off no. by uh, two years. Drafted 2019, 25. There you go. Old. Um, I, I mean, I'm ready to just click some of these rookie buttons. Let's say like, what's the deal or deal with Zamir white? Um, I mean, Zamir, he's got a Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's about, uh, we, we're going to get better data in for some of the rookies too. So obviously, you know, the, the faults of the road of his check out my 10 years football outsider stuff, but I'm, I'm okay. Taking Zamir if he's on the board. <laughs> Why not? Um, let's do, let's get Daniel Jones. Also, you mentioned the guy that was getting a ton of senior bowl hype that maybe that's our kind of sleeper. Oh, Tyler Don't say it now. Oh, sorry. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't know um, keep it ambiguous. So let's see here. Um, I think 18, 19, we go wide receiver tight end, and then we could grab a, a flyer running back. Anyone stand out here? I mean, Brian Edwards, younger guy that, that would had his moments this year. Yeah. And we get the stack. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Get our uh, Raiders double stack here. AJ Dillon. Uh, AJ Dillon went yeah, rounds I and rounds I think ago. I think that guy must have seen AJ Green and thought AJ Dillon. I wish Russia. Yeah. AJ <laughs> Dillon's going, he's going pretty high up. If I recall, Yeah, if you were available now, that'd be a fantastic pick. Oh yeah. AJ Dillon there in the sixth round to Willis. Yeah. I, I guess that feels about fucking Willis, man. Well, if, you, if there's a good player that we want to talk about, Willis got him. Willis has been grinding these drafts. Willis, how many of these have you done? You have to be up to like five or six of these big board drafts already. Is it a one fifty max? Um, that's actually a good question. Yeah. 150 max. Hmm. I will not be maxing this. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not getting, I'm not getting obsessed with these drafts to where I'm doing them with every second of my free time. Uh, I sorry, Pete, I guess uh, after the Super Bowl, doing three of these a week, <laughs> <laughs> I will do them on stream until the cows come home. But I'm talking about like what happened to me with the puppies in basketball mania where like any waking moment I was firing into these. 
I'm I'm honestly I'm gonna invest a little bit more. Um, which I which honestly I should it will be more plus EV for me than what I did yesterday. I bet um five hundred dollars on Stony Brook's first half line because like Fox has been limiting me on my prop bets because I like I'm doing well enough on there, so I just hit the max on those and I accidentally hit the max on that bet and they got fucking smoked by this guy like this floppy haired guy named Falco. Um, on Binghamton, and it was tilting over an ESPN three game between Binghamton and Stony Brook. Really felt like a low point. Goodness, it it does sound like a low point. Like while also like building the NBA lineups and rebuilding them seven times after Isaiah Jackson hurt his ankle twenty seconds into the game. Um, hopefully there's somebody out there who relates to all these concepts going on at once. But boy, it was a stressful Wednesday for your old pal Specs. <laughs> I bet. Wasn't the fave. All right, so we got so, so we got two more picks, two more picks, um, and then we are done. I mean, the big question: I do think we should take a flyer running back, and then I think it's: do we want to go another wide receiver, or do we want to add a third tight end? Okay, um, I mean, look, I think we should plant the flag for football outsiders draft content and take our our one mystery back. Um, which I like will, that. Who's not going to get drafted? And then that means we need. You wanted to take one more tight end, then. No, I'm saying we could either do one more wide receiver or one more tight end. Okay. Um, let me. Can you pull up wide receiver and tight end then? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, I like the name. Oh, Jamal Agnew's available. Uh, I I don't I don't mind uh, Diami Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. With the uh, Tolbert is also an interesting name that I've heard uh, mentioned a little bit as well as far as uh, a rookie wide receiver, I, I would definitely prefer to skew young. We could double stack uh, or, Oh, we never did get the Eagle stack. Why don't, why don't we toss Rager in and just see if there's any third year legs for Rager. Okay. I'll, I can live with that. Cause we didn't, or did, did Quez, did Quez go? Yeah. Quez went. And then we, we, I mean, it's not bad that we have an unstacked hurts, but I wouldn't mind if we're going to just throw a dart, might as well throw it at his way. Okay. So Rager and then and then mystery mystery running back and we're done. That's right. This uh, I you know I was saying that these drafts have been going a little slow. This one, I think this one was on a on a pretty good clip. I think they knew I have a meeting at four. I think it's <laughs> what they knew. They knew I had to go put on a Henley to get myself pretty to do do cheddar bets today. There you go. Wait, is that a live show? Yeah, it is a live show. So if you want to check out, I'm sure I'll retweet the link when I get tagged in it. So follow me at Chris Spag as you can see me doing a real TV building my real Pete. Okay, I'll come. I'll come and troll you. Oh no, <laughs> I'm giving good advice today. I had to give them like my answers in advance, so I gotta like just keep it in line. Can't riff too much like we do on this show. Wow, answers in advance. It's a real. It's a real show. Like they're like a pretty big. They they were like the uh, aspiring CNBC, but for online media, basically. Wow. Yeah. A lot of great minds. A, a lot of great minds on Cheddar. What a what and a glow they, up a glow up for Spags. Becoming like a father. Like oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, my head's looking like a real ball shape right now. I don't love, I don't love this first few days of a, of a fresh shearing. I know. I, uh, I'm getting a haircut right before I go to, uh, to the Super Bowl. And it's always like, you know, you, you, you want about a week, you know, after that, mm -hmm. that fresh cut before you want to be seen. Um, all right. Rager, Rager and what's his name? And then Tyler Beatty, B A D I E. There you go. Are, are we the bat the baddies? The baddies? Oh, we are. We are the baddie baddies. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, but yeah, the reason we're taking Tyler Beatty here, our guy Mike Tanier over at Football Outsiders, boots on the ground at the Senior Bowl, said he's like the guy that popped the most at skill positions. A uh, little bit smaller guy. Uh, three projects, or projects, projects is a three down back. So I'm going to take the stab here at Missouri running back. So if you're a Missouri fan, then there you go. There you go. Uh, John Warner saying, did he say Super Bowl? I guess people don't know that you're going to Super Bowl. You've talked about it a few times on here, but yeah, Pete's, are you doing a, like a handle change for yourself? Or are you going to be big Super Bowl Pete, West Coast Pete, LA Pete? Um, I might be, maybe I'll be a uh, TikTok influencer. I mean, it is kind of a, you know, a hype house model. So maybe I'll just be grinding uh, the TikTok game while I'm there. Who else is going to be there, dude? Or can you can you say who else that you know is going to be? There? Uh yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Jack's going to be there. Settlement. Uh, Nick Ercolano and Animal from uh from Nick BDGE's channel uh are going to be there. Uh, Hayden and Josh, of course, uh from Underdog are going to be there. So yeah, it's going to be a good time. Okay, so I guess so all people we know. I guess I don't know Animal. I I know him through Nick's channel, but um... yeah, a Animal's uh he's a wild man. He's a madman. Um, Would you say he's an animal of some sort? He is, he is not of human variety. He's it's uh, it's hard to know which animal he is, but he is an animal. My goal Pete is for next year to get on this underdog VIP list of all the guys who are just getting, getting pumped up there with all of our great content around underdog drafts. Hopefully, hopefully some of the people there take notice would be my thought. You know that, uh, you, you understand what happened, right? Like I waited and waited to go to LA until you were out of there. Right. And now that you're on the East coast, I'm, I'm fleeing to get away from you. It, it, it all worked out perfectly. That checks out. Oh, Rushia saying that you, you could be PD overs who I think I, Pete, maybe, maybe bring on, bring on your Italian hat and go do some, <laughs> do some character work. P, PD overs that. Yeah. Uh, overs no, only. PD overs. Yeah. That's just your gambling name. Cause you love overs. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's true. That's all I bet are overs. That's I it. actually that's do the, like overs. That's a unique thing about you. That's the unique personality trait. <laughs> Love overs. <laughs> if only, if only the Niners and Jimmy G made it to the Super Bowl, and then I could have been PD PD unders that. Um. <laughs> that would have been a good bit. Also, did you enjoy um, our seeing our pal Gretch's Wordle optimal strategy talks? <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't replied to that yet. I'm still triggered. Well, you replied initially. I didn't know that. It, was it still going? <laughs> Oh no! I keep getting tagged in Wordle shit, and I can't, I can't, uh, I can't reply to all this. Oh, uh, someone tagged me in yours and was like, "Check out this shit." <laughs> I mean, what? Like, that's the thing too. Like, Spags, do you think that's good content? Like, why are you sharing that? I just think I like that it looked like a Tetris board, but no, that's why I didn't tag you in it because I'm like, I'm kind of over tagging you on them. But I think people now want me to tag you on them, which you know, who am I? That's right. Uh, all right, here, splash play. Pete Spags loves Marvin Jones. Wanted Marv. <laughs> oh, M MJ. We're, we're going to go SP. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. <laughs> now it's. <laughs> I not want Marv. No, no one will ever remember what actually happened. It's not like this will live forever. Disgraceful. And Willis took Antonio Brown. Look, Antonio Brown, good value if you're willing to take an old receiver who's on, like, per perpetually on the cusp of a mental breakdown, I guess. Uh, I, I would say he wasn't on the cusp. I think the, the mental breakdown was had. <laughs> we did pass the cusp there. Well, there we go. There's our first 2022 best ball draft. Of course, this show, Ship Chasing Peach Channel in general, will be doing a lot of best ball drafts. Make sure you're playing over at Underdog. Use a promo code SPLASH if you want to get a $100 deposit match or up to $100 deposit match over there. So you can play along with us like 
Our guy Willis is over there. Also, make sure you go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Again, premium content going on the $1 a week deal for all the data over at Football Outsiders is going away on the 13th. So make sure you get in now. And uh, it sounds like I'm reading this off a bad copy, and I'm just actually saying it off the top of my head. Uh, but go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Check out the NFL draft content as well. Mike Tanier doing a lot of work, a seasoned veteran of this industry, doing a great job uh, bringing some analysis to this that will hopefully pay some dividends for us as fantasy players, Pete, what's your what's your final salvo here before we call it quits? Yeah, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, uh, to dive into Pro Bowl DFS with Cody Main. Looking forward to that um, because I, I legitimately have to get my shit together because I registered for a bunch of contests. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna dump. We're gonna jump in tomorrow, learn everything we can about the Pro Bowl. So come hang out two thirty Eastern here on Peach Channel and the Splash Play Channel. Hit the like button before you go. Follow at Peter Arbazet. Follow at Chris Fax, Follow at Splash Play Pod, and come hang out on Cheddar Bets in like an hour. I don't know. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs>